the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are living in a day and age like Elijah's, where the word of God is disregarded and it's ignored, and the courage to face a generation and even the church has to come from faith in God's word. You must believe it. When you speak boldly for the Lord, you must believe what the Lord has said. And you've got to prove that by praying that way. It's not enough just to know Bible information. Not enough just to to play Bible trivia. You've got to know the truths of the Word of God. You've got to know the very promises of God. You've got to know the correct interpretation, and you've got to claim that. Don't just claim anything. Don't claim a promise for Israel. It won't come to pass. But you've got to claim the very clear truths of the Word of God for the church. This is Verse by Verse, where we study the Bible systematically. We are looking at the book of 1 Kings these days as Pastor Steve examines the life and ministry of Elijah, one of the great Old Testament prophets. We've been talking about his very sudden announcement before the king of Israel, Ahab, that there would be no dew or rain for three and a half years. It took a lot of courage to stand before the king and challenge his authority in this way. Elijah had such a love for God, and he had a great desire to see the glory of God come back over his country. He wanted God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. The only tools he had were prayer and the promises of God, and that was all he needed. Most of us would want bodyguards around us and an escape plan, just in case things went bad. But Elijah stood there, gave his message, and then walked out. We're glad you joined us today on Verse by Verse. Maybe you have a deep love for the Word of God, or maybe you're just curious about what the Bible says. I encourage you to listen carefully to today's message from Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. This is the kind of teaching that Lakeside gives in all of its ministries. Come visit us sometime for one of our services. You can get information about the church with directions and service times at the church website, lakesidechapel, all one word, dot com. We also have a great Christian school where Christian worldview is taught in an excellent academic curriculum. The church's address is 1893 Sunset Point Road, Clearwater, Florida, 33765. The phone number at the church is 727-441-1714. I'll be back at the close of the message with some more information about other resources you're going to want to take advantage of. Now here is Pastor Steve with today's timely message from God's Word. He grew up in an area called Gilead, in a rustic village called Tishbe, which is where we get the expression Elijah the Tishbite. This area of Palestine was wild. It was desolate. It was a place of solitude. It was a rustic area. It was not city life. It was mountainous life. And the inhabitants of Gilead, as best we can piece it together, as the archaeologists have done for us, as best we can piece it together, these people were much like their scenery. They took on the characteristics of the land in which they lived. They were, they were not well refined. These people were wild. They were um, people of rugged and austere appearance. And that was Elijah. 
He wasn't polished. You know, he probably uh, made noises when he took his soup. He may not have eaten with a fork. I mean, the guy was almost crude and coarse. He was not sophisticated. He was not diplomatic. But I want you to know that that is not the secret of his strength. His name was not the secret of his strength, nor was his coarseness. I know lots of people with very meaningful names, but they often fail to live up to their names. Jezebel was one of them. Jezebel's a great example. You know what her name means? Chaste, pure. So a name doesn't make a person. His courage also did not lie in his uh, non-polished ways. And let me say this, that coarseness and crudeness and lack of diplomacy is not synonymous with spiritual zeal and boldness. There are some people who think that way. Just be obnoxious and you're being bold. Uh, that is not synonymous. Those two terms do not mean the same thing. Then what made Elijah different? What was the secret of his courage and how can we learn from that? First of all, if you're taking notes, these are very simple. First of all, Elijah knew that God was alive. The first thing he says as he marches up to the palace is this. As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives. In a day and age where everyone said, Jehovah is dead, Baal is alive, Elijah says, look, Jehovah lives, and he's the God of Israel. In spite of the fact that everyone said, look, that day and age is over with, we're now more sophisticated, we are more enlightened, and we follow Baal, Elijah announces that Jehovah lives. And you know what? He didn't just know that the Lord lives. He was willing to put his reputation out on a limb. He says, look, as the Lord lives, I'm telling you, it's not going to rain for three years. How do you make bold statements? Okay? You know, we, we're called to do that. We're called to make incredible statements to our generation. We're called to say that if you believe in Christ, you'll have eternal life. You'll go to heaven. And we get so used to that kind of terminology and language that we don't realize how incredible that is. We make tremendous statements about redemption, about forgiveness of sin, about the Lord Jesus meeting every one of our needs. Where do you get such courage to do that? I'll tell you what, we can learn from Elijah. Now you get courage, you know that God lives. You personally experience the living God. I'm not talking about just salvation. I'm not talking about that you just accept him. There are many Christians who have, who have uh, uh, well, obviously if you're a Christian, you have, you're saved and you know the Lord, but it goes beyond that. There is an intimacy there. Courage comes from an intimate walk with the Lord. Elijah knew that the Lord lived. He personally experienced that. You know, we need that. We need to return to that place where our focus is upon knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. The cry of our day is know yourself, even in Christian circles. Know yourself. Understand what makes you tick. Quite frankly, I'm not really interested in what makes me tick. I really don't want to know. It would be too depressing. I want to know the Lord Jesus and let him make me tick. We need to go back to that. That's what Paul said. After years of knowing Christ, he said, oh, that I may know him. That I may, did he mean that I just might know him? No, there's an intimacy there. How do you get to know him? How did Elijah get to know the Lord? You know, did he go down to his bookstore and pick up books for a prophet to learn to know God? No. The text doesn't say this. But I am uh, convinced that this is proper interpretation. Elijah prayed. Elijah prayed. James chapter 5 says that Elijah is the example of one who prayed. 
out in the wilderness there, what did he do? He prayed he was in fellowship with the Lord. Elijah never read the verse that says, pray without ceasing, but I believe his life reflected that. And he prayed fervently. Elijah knew Jehovah was alive because he spent so much time in fellowship with him through prayer. Some of you may be very discouraged about your relationship with Christ. You may even experience and be going through serious doubts now about whether the Lord even exists. Especially when you're around unsaved friends. You don't feel comfortable, unsaved neighbors, and, and if you've spent any time with them, you want, why can't I sense God's presence? Is he really alive? It doesn't seem like God is real. Let me ask you this. How much time do you spend alone with the Lord in prayer? I think that's really a key. I think that's really key. We've got time for everything else in the world, good things, Christian things, Christian activity, but prayer is put on the back burner. You know, the early church wasn't like that. They had incredible boldness. It seems like every time you look in the book of Acts, they're praying, they're praying, they're praying. You know, we need that. The church needs to get back to prayer. We individually need to get back to prayer. And it's not enough just to have your quiet time while you're driving to work. And you cannot concentrate and have fervent prayer while you're battling traffic. I know that because I've tried it. You can't do it. You've got to get in the closet, as the Lord Jesus said, and pray. And when you stand before the Lord day after day in precious fellowship with him, you don't fear anybody anymore. You can stand before any king. Ahab doesn't, doesn't scare you. Jezebel doesn't scare you because you've stood before the king of kings in prayer and fellowship. There's a second secret to Elijah's courage. And that was that he realized that he was a representative of Jehovah. He said, first of all, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives. And then he said, before whom I stand. That expression, before whom I stand, if you follow it through in the Old Testament, you will see that it, that it means, basically, whose servants I am. And if you want a reference on that, you can look up Deuteronomy 10.8. There are others, too. Just get a concordance out and you can see that. It means whose servants I am. Elijah realized that he represented the Lord. His courage came from the fact that he understood he, that he stood in the place of Jehovah. And I think that's where courage comes from. And the Lord Jesus in the New Testament goes out of his way to make it clear to us that we are his representatives. We are his witnesses. Matthew chapter 28, as he gives the Great Commission, one of the last things he says is, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now you go. In other words, the authority has been given to me. I'm giving it to you. You stand in my place. John chapter 20, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. And John 17, you know what John 17 is all about? John 17 is, is about this, the high priestly prayer. Father, I'm leaving, they're staying, equip them. We represent the Lord Jesus Christ in this world. And the Lord Jesus Christ is bold and he's courageous. And he says things that are not popular. And that's why it's so wonderful for us to have studied the Gospel of John, because I realized that the Lord Jesus Christ dealt with sin and met it head on, and he didn't compromise. And he said things that didn't make him a popular hero of the day. And I realized that if I'm to stand before, before him and really be his representative, I need to do that. Gracious, but firm. Courageous, but sensitive as well. And that's the way the Lord Jesus is. And if you really are going to be his servants... You've got to do what pleases him, and that's to say things that are not always popular and not always well-received. And when you realize that it isn't your message, the gospel isn't your gospel, the, the word of God isn't your word, it's his. And if you stand before him as his representative, you have to be faithful to the word. Quite frankly, I, uh, I lean towards being a shy person. 
And uh, I don't like speaking in front of crowds. I don't enjoy speaking at banquets. Not that I ever do, but if I ever had to, I don't think I'd enjoy it. I don't enjoy uh, even announcements that I have to give at the church. Uh, I, I just don't enjoy that. But I'll tell you, when it comes to proclaiming God's word, it's different with me. It's different because I realize that I'm just a servant delivering the Lord's message, and, and that's where courage comes from. When I have to deliver my own message, I, I really have fears about that. But when it comes to delivering God's word, it's different, and that's the way it ought to be for you. If you're a servant of the Lord, then you, then you can stand before any king because you've stood before the Lord not only in prayer, but you realize you're a servant and you've got to deliver the message. There's a third secret to Elijah's courage, and that was that he believed the word of God. He goes on in his, in his statement to Ahab to say, Surely there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. Now, on what authority did Elijah say that? We don't read that the word of the Lord came to Elijah and said, Go tell Ahab. And so it might have. But uh, where do you get that? Where do you get that kind of authority? I would suggest that you turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11 is God's message to Israel. And God is telling them what great blessings there will be as far as material blessings. And Israel was like that. We're not promised material blessings if we obey. But Israel was. There'll be crops. There'll be vegetation. There'll be wonderful things. There'll be uh, a land of milk and honey. But if they disobey, there's going to be problems. And he says in Deuteronomy chapter 11... Verse 16, beware lest your hearts be deceived and you turn away and serve other gods and worship them. Or the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you and he will shut up the heavens so that there will be no rain and the ground will not yield its fruit and you will perish quickly from the good land which the Lord is giving you. In other words, he's saying, if you looked at, at the verses before that, if you follow me, there'll be rain, there'll be crops. There'll be all these things that you want, but if you forsake me and follow other gods, no rain and no crops. I really believe that Elijah read that promise. He knew who the promise was for. It was for Israel. He didn't take things out of context. And he claimed that promise, and he believed the word of God, and he claimed it, and he lined up his prayers in accordance with God's revealed will. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Why? Because it is praying in God's will. Elijah believed the promise of God, and he claimed it. He didn't just have an intellectual knowledge of the Bible. He really believed what God said. Elijah knew the word of God, and he put his faith into action. That's where courage comes from. We are living in a day and age like Elijah's, where the word of God is disregarded and it's ignored. And the courage to face a generation, and even the church has to come from faith in God's word. You must believe it. When you speak boldly for the Lord, you must believe what the Lord has said. And you've got to prove that by praying that way. It's not enough just to know Bible information. It's not enough just to, to play Bible trivia. You've got to know the truths of the word of God. You've got to know the very promises of God. You've got to know the correct interpretation, and you've got to claim that. Don't just claim anything. Don't claim a promise for Israel won't come to pass. But you've got to claim the very clear truths of the word of God for the church. See, much of our praying is just like grocery lists praying, and it's selfish praying. Give me this, this, this is what I want, this is what I want. Elijah wasn't like that. 
God calls us to pray in accord with his will. That's what he means by praying in the spirit. That's what he means by praying in Jesus' name. That's what he means by praying in his will. Now, if I didn't believe this book, I wouldn't have courage. This book is the word of God. And and if I didn't believe it, I'd have no courage to tell anybody about it. I'd keep quiet. Courage comes from faith in the word of God, which puts things into action. You line up your prayers and you'll see answers to your prayers. Some of us don't see answers to prayers because we're not praying according to the word of God. There's one final secret to Elijah's courage, and I think this is all-encompassing. One thing necessary, more than all these things I've said, it's a jealous concern for the glory of God and his honor. Have you ever wondered what Elijah's prayer would do to Israel? Elijah's prayer, for three and a half years it would not rain, Elijah said. And we know it's three and a half years from other texts. But in Israel, they always experienced a dry season for several months. That wasn't unusual. But you know what? Even though there was no rain during those several months, there was enough dew at night that kept the vegetation refreshed. They weren't really hurting during that time. But if you'll notice, Elijah says, there shall neither be dew nor rain. Even the dew is gone. You know what would be the results of his prayer? Famine, death, tremendous suffering in Israel. Suffering to his people, the people he loved. What about a person like this? Was he cruel? Elijah enjoy this type of stuff? Was he ruthless? Was he cold? Was he insensitive to the needs of human beings? No, not at all. Elijah, I'm sure it hurt him, but Elijah cared more for God's glory and honor than anything else. He put God's glory before anything, even human suffering. He had such a burden on his heart, such a, uh, such a passion for the glory of God, that even if it meant human suffering, he would still pray that way. And ultimately, he really was concerned about Israel, because Israel needed to get back to a focus on the glory of God themselves. And this suffering would, would be a chastisement upon them and would cause them to look to Jehovah. That's where our courage comes in. When the glory of God becomes the most important thing in your life, it'll drive you to do things that you wouldn't ordinarily do. Things that are unpopular. Things that maybe nobody else understands. You see, in himself, Elijah was just like us. He was fearful. He wanted the acceptance of his peers. But he dared to stand alone. The Bible, by his life and other scriptures, calls us to stand alone. Have you ever had to stand alone? Have you ever had to stand alone and go against all human opinion? And do something that nobody else could understand? Well, Elijah did. And the word of God is a call to you and it's calling to me to have that same type of courage. And you and I have the same resources. We have an opportunity to know God intimately through prayer. Do it. Start this week. Have a quiet time. Meet with the Lord. I don't care how long it is, but meet with him. And understanding that you represent him. Realize that you're his servant. And because you're his servant, you do his will. Not your own will. Believe the word of God. Get into the word of God. Understand what promises you can claim and begin to pray that way. And you'll see incredible answers to prayer. And then you take those resources and you use them for God's glory and you have courage. In desperate times, God raises up a frail human being 
to do supernatural things through them. That has always been God's pattern. He chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And the question is, are you willing enough, are you willing to be foolish enough for him? Foolish enough to spend time in prayer and not be involved in a lot of other activities. Foolish enough to realize that, that not my will, Lord, but yours be done. Foolish enough to spend time in the word of God and foolish enough to take those resources and face this generation and face even Christians and stand for the glory of God and be different and unique. In desperate times, God raises up frail human beings. He's looking for an available, weak vessel that he can empower. He can do amazing things through for his glory. He's looking for Elijah's today. And the only question is, are we willing to be Elijah to our generation? That's about for prayer. Before that boldness comes, there must come an acceptance of Christ as Savior. Before knowing him intimately, you must come to know him to begin with. This is eternal life, Jesus said, that they may know the Father and know the Son. And you can't know the Father without knowing the Son. Will you trust Christ? We've sung about him. We have heard about him. And the issue facing you, if you are not a believer, is that we boldly but sensitively tell you that your great need is to trust the Lord Jesus Christ, to believe that he died for your sins, change your mind about your sin, and put your faith in him. Dear Christian friend, if you're here without that courage, that boldness. You struggle with that. Will you learn from Elijah? Will you get in time alone with the Lord? And would you be in his word? And would you put your affections and your feelings aside and live for his glory as his servants? God still uses Elijah's. My God is Jehovah. How about yours? Father, we pray that you'll take the salt tablet, which we call Elijah, and apply it to our hearts and make us very thirsty for righteousness. Father, we pray as we move out into our world, at our jobs, at school, with our families, with our neighbors, that you help us to be bold. Not coarse, not crude, not obnoxious, but bold. Speaking the truth in love. And we know the Lord Jesus Christ was like that. For many times, people said to him, are you Elijah? There was something about the Lord Jesus that reminded them of that, that fiery prophet. Lord, may we remind people of that. May we have that meekness of Christ and yet that courage. Apply these truths as only you can. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Pastor Steve just mentioned again what Elijah's name means. My God is Jehovah. Jesus said that no man can serve two masters. Elijah clearly understood that no man can worship two gods. His unwavering devotion to God put him in direct contrast to the spiritual fence-sitters of his day. God will use people who will let him be the only God in their lives. Elijah was an ordinary man with an extraordinary God. God did great things through him, not because Elijah was great, but because he let God be great in his life. We can all do that. We might not speak before kings or stand up before false prophets, but God can use us where he wants us. Our invitation today is to pray like Elijah and to trust God like Elijah, and then watch God work in our world like he did in Elijah's world. 
We're not finished with Elijah yet. You're going to need to come back next time for the next message in this series on Verse by Verse Radio. If you can't listen every day, you can listen through podcasts on our website, which is versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio, all one word, dot O-R-G. There are also hundreds of other messages to listen to or download right there. While there, you can also sign up for our quarterly newsletter. For any information you need, or if you just want us to pray with you, you can call us at 727-239-0306. We'd love to hear from you. We want to help you grow in your walk with God. That's what we're here for. If the Lord leads you to support this ministry financially, you can give online at our website, over the phone, or by mail. Our mailing address is Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Our email address is versebyverseradio.org. If this is your first time listening, we hope you have been blessed and will come back and join all of our regular listeners for our next message about Elijah. For Pastor Steve and the entire team at Verse by Verse Radio, I want to encourage you to listen with us next time. May God bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.